before you get off the golf course today, you could have some moments that will change the course of your life. Welcome to the Golf Practice Podcast. My name is Andy Hayes. Back with me, Peter Donahue. Andy, thanks for having me. Thanks, Pete. We, um, the last episode we did, just the two of us called it brain. I don't even remember what we called it. Something about the brain and learning. Yeah. Brain compatible golf lessons. Yeah. That's what we called it. Yeah. Um, I had some, you know, some more thoughts since doing that with you, and we also got, we also got some listener listener questions. Oh my. Some of the first time ever. Oh, about that. Yeah, they uh, got a, a listener asking. They were asking about the melee game. You were talking about they're they're a friend of the academy, you know, so they know what 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 it is, and they've seen it around. But they're asking about kind of what what kind of takeaways a person would get from that yeah. from that experience. Yeah. So I thought it'd be good to answer that. Um, talk a little bit, have follow up from last week, and then talk about learning environment. Excellent. Sounds great. All right. All right. So, um, so maybe a good place to start. I could share a. I had a story from my lessons this this weekend. I had a, a ninth grade girl, similar in age to the story you told last time, and she was a student I've had a long time. She was chipping, starting chipping. She was doing worse than usual. Um, just to uh, club face was really closed. She was really tense with her arms. Uh, it was like chunking and chunking, shanking, or like almost like snap hooking chips when like the face would close over. So just pretty, not the prettiest shots by any means. And so um, we've done, I've done stuff with her like melee before and stepping and walking. Um, and it's been, it's been successful. But for whatever reason today, I just started by, having uh, just putting a little gate on the ground of like a piece of tapes to kind of swing through to make sure she could get the contact better and then she was still bringing it like too far back to the inside which was making it hard for her to get it in the in the circ in the tape mm -hmm. so then i put a kind of a cone behind her just to swing up above with the thought that would kind of help and maybe help open the club face a little bit and it, it didn't really help this was probably one of her worst days you know, chippy, and she couldn't really find it. And so then just, we were, we're going to move on to something else. Um, but then I was like, hey, like, just try this. I put lined up, like, three balls on the hill and just had her hit three in succession. And all three just, like, popped up, perfect contact, perfect height. Um, the three best shots she'd, she'd hit all day. Um, and it wasn't, you know, I kicked the cone over in, in fake disgust. But what are you doing, <laughs> you doing with this? Um, um <laughs> So yeah, so there's just there's another experience for you <laughs> of how it works, <laughs> how, of how it how can it, work, of how it works. Yeah, and so she just hit these three balls. You basically have her start swinging back and forth and brushing the ground uh, without stopping, and then she would like walk and take a step forward and kind of hit hit the three. And so um, the observable difference in her motion was just more relaxed, better, um, just better like tension and rhythm. Um, and I think like the club face probably ha had to be more open because or else the ball wouldn't have gotten as high. And so maybe it's just like the to and fro and the relaxed swinging kind of helped her, helped her do that. So wonderful, that's wonderful. And why? Why does it work? And yeah, why does it work? What uh, I guess that's getting to like the question of from from last week of like, well, what? Um, I guess it worked. Like it's almost observable that it works, but it's different than like. Let's say let's say putting the cone down behind her head worked, right? Yeah. And and she started hitting it good right. from that. Then it's like, oh, okay, she would know. I to chip good. I need to swing above this cone, yeah. Which is you know a more above the plane type swinging instead of swinging under the plane. And then that would be her, you know, the lesson from from chipping. But that didn't work. What worked was kind of this this melee, the continuous swinging. Um, but there isn't that obvious, like, oh, swing this way yeah. that you could walk Do it away like with. This. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there isn't. Um, there could be, uh, so why does it, why, you know, why does it work? Um, 
because uh, they're, well, for one thing, is there's something very stable about circular motion. Okay. You know, it, mm. it, uh, it, it, it's moving, you know, and, and uh, without too much effort, it will continue to move. You know, and then there's action-reaction, you know, like the to and the fro, um, you know, is a, is a constant mapping process, forward and backward. Or you could say it if it was a movie, in forward and reverse, in forward and reverse. And so, you know, you're, you're learning something when you, uh, it's like the negative of the swing movement when you're pulling it back from the follow through into the backswing motion. And, um, and there is a, uh, there is a, a thoughtlessness or, or, or a turning off of thought, I think, as it relates to the backswing. Um, if you're swinging, like we've talked about this before, <clears throat> there are some swings that are created, and this was my impression of watching Ben Hogan swing. After, after reading about how Hogan uh, thought in terms of what he was doing in his backswing and wrote words describing what he was doing in his backswing, when you watched him swing, it looked as if he didn't give a thought to his backswing, that the only thing he was doing was casting that fly fishing line back so that he could cast it forward. You know, so that it could create some sort of tautness and tension that he could reverse in a forward swing mm -hmm. and, and cast out. So, um, so part of that's what I see happening in, in Melee is that, uh, is that there's a lot that's allowed to happen in, in, in the sense of, of like uh, causing and allowing like you can cause something to happen in the golf swing by making a, a positive muscular motion in that direction. Mm -hmm. Or you can simply put, put it in motion with the body, let's say as, as if we're speaking about hand action. You can cause the, the club to, to start swinging forward with a body action and just have the hand action be a response right sure the hands aren't doing anything positive they're doing as is often commented on oh i i seem not to do anything that time yeah. in other words i didn't apply any any hand impetus my hands simply were a link in a chain that whipped the end of the golf club yeah, yeah and this activity this activity brings it uh just like allows you to learn that or to experience it. Exactly. There's the word, I think, Andy, to experience it and therefore yeah. learn it. Yeah. Because you can't, yeah, it's hard. It's a hard thing to learn by, you know, by words. Or, right. So would you say you thought you think Ben Hogan kind of discovered his swing and then he, later on he put words to it? Yeah. yeah. Like, like Einstein, sure. um, you know, in his theory of relativity. You know, yeah. he dreamed it and then he learned the math. Yeah. Um, I was thinking particularly for this girl um, on Saturday that the I, I was kind of wondering I was like why didn't the you know why didn't the cone work why didn't the tape work and it was like these things just like gave her too many thoughts a, a, at one time and even though they were the correct thoughts it wasn't it wasn't good <laughs> it wasn't helpful yeah um, and then also getting to like the tension, it's like for her to open the club face and to swing in good rhythm, like she just had to be more loose and relaxed. And that like every time we like added a barrier or added something specific to do, it just like took that, that tension, yeah, made the tension worse. Um, Absolutely. I mean, that, 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 that sounds like a good explanation to me. You know, yeah. it's a, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how, uh, you know how that was the case with this girl. Yeah. With someone else, it might have had, there might have been a different response. Yeah, um, I've been. I have some 
Yeah, some quotes and some thoughts. Um, some I'll get into the next topic, but uh, in in Michael Hebron's book, he talks about uh, he these studies and they talk about the people who teach learning. They talk about meaningful learning as kind of one of the concepts in the book, and he says meaningful learning refers to the kind of learning that has been encoded long term. It is information or skills learned in one environment that can also be used in a variety of dissimilar situations. Meaningful learning is based mostly on what we knew before we experienced new learning, which is why metaphors and storytelling and learning environments are such powerful tools. Um, this ability or meaningful learning, uh, a professor in UCLA called named Stephen Yazula calls it uh, generalization, and it means that uh, you can transfer the knowledge from one situation to another. Um, and so I just thought that was uh, just like interesting kind of concept of like the the best type of learning it encodes long term and you can take it from one place to another and that like i was thinking about like what what about the times where setting the cone behind the person like does actually work to make a change the the critique of that would be like well all that did was like taught them how to swing up over a cone you know in this spot but it's not necessarily almost engaging enough or big picture enough to kind of transfer to a new environment. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, even so, so much so that when you take the cone away, yeah, the failure it they, comes right back. Comes right yeah. back. Exactly. Yeah. So that you've changed the environment. Uh, yeah. And so that points to the bridge, yeah. you know, like, Oh, okay. What did, what, what did this do? And you know, in 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 to swing back over the the cone, um, you know, it's um, it's redirected you, you know, and and something has changed, right? Either your wrists are now cocking more up and down than side to side, or you know, uh, arcing under, or your elbow is rubbing back and collapsing, uh, you know, bending more against your side or it's accordioning and, you know, something yeah. is happening to create, to create a different backswing. And so perhaps if the cone has awakened you to a different feeling, in a different option that you weren't aware of mm. with your body sure. and that option seems to be pleasing... There's no objection coming forward from any of the mm -hmm. residents of your mind yeah. saying, oh, I can't do that. It feels crappy. Well, then then maybe the cone in that case has, you know, uh, a benefit because it simply awakened you to something and you can um, you can easily incorporate this new capability into yeah what doesn't sure. take any effort on your part to do you know and so 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 that may be all the bridge that's that you need to yeah. recognize oh that's what it did but if it's if it's um you know it, it definitely uh I, i've had the same experiences uh you know with shank fixes and having barriers and obstacles just outside the ball and players you know are able to swing and not have their club reach out you know to hit the ball in the in the shaft or the shank of the club and then you, you take that barrier away and even though they just they just did something measurable by yeah. shortening their reach outward mm -hmm. they don't have any control over it right so sure. what what's what's missing there yeah. you know well there's there's um there's there's something there. That's where you know we would need to go in that case is to is to like bring some greater awareness to that and or provide you know some um, some way of experimenting and exploring you know how we would build a bridge from oh in this environment I can do it yeah and now sure. in this environment mm -hmm. I can't do it. What's yeah. well they say. Um, an important part of meaning, meaningful learning is self-discovery. And so, tr like, often when it's someone trying to teach something to someone else, there's not really any self-discovery 
as a part of that. So I think sometimes like the cone not working is like there was no re no understanding of why or no really interest in why. And so like the brain w- just wasn't doing anything with it, even though it was like the correct thing to do. And so same thing with the shank thing. It's like, well, you're, they're following your directions, yes. you know, when you put a block down and they're missing the block, but th- they're not engaged or, or like feel like they're discovering something. They're probably actually when it's shanks, they're probably actually in a, a stressful situation, which learning doesn't occur in that in a stressful situation either. So it occur, you need to feel safe for it to happen. So, um, I guess that could, yes. you know, speak to, to that phenomenon happening too. Um, another professor uh, at New York University, uh, Joseph Ledoux, he says, conscious recognition of unconscious learning is meaningful learning. Conscious recognition of unconscious learning is meaningful learning. So like, that getting back to the the melee of like that's an unconscious unconscious learning and as long as you can understand that that's happening you know without too much thought in your head like that that's actually a meaningful learning i'm so glad to hear that (laughs) (laughs) professors are on your side yeah (laughs) yeah at least my experts say this (laughs) (laughs) well i think that um I think that um, I think that it's so necessary. I mean, I can I, you know I can feel it, you know, in sure. in in the sessions. And you know, w- w- you gave me that video. Uh, sent were nice enough to send me that vi- video of uh, the young man who you know walks through four or five balls that are scattered on every angle of a pitcher's mound, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And, with, and, and without so much as the, the time it takes to swing the club back and take a step forward or from side to side, this guy is successfully adjusting his stroke for the slope and for, uh, and for reach and for everything else, and he's popping every one of these balls onto the green surface. Mm-hmm. Now, I've you know I've watched a lot of people, uh, you know, take on that challenge in a more uh, conventional, slowed down, practice swings, deliberate setup, and it's not easy. No. Yeah. And so you know when you see this, when you see something like this happen, um, you know you. Uh, you know that there's something real going on now. What what practical use could it have? That's that's uh, the problem. You know, with that, uh, you know, is uh, for people in my generation is um, that that we've all experienced knocking putts in the hole or holing out chip mm-hmm. shots with that same sort of almost nonchalant. Uh, approach and and all have said at one time or another hey I ought to do it this way all the time sure. but then because it because we don't hole every putt out we abandon it yeah as like I can't do this people will think that I'm not trying hmm. I'll yeah. think that I'm not <laughs> trying sure yeah just because that's what you've been told trying is yeah right yeah um yeah, absolutely. And you can always, your mind can always jump into your gears and be a gremlin. Sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, you can, in the in the blink of an eye, you can say, Noonan, <laughs> to yourself. Yeah. You know, and and so uh, just the by virtue of the fact that you're swinging to and fro does not free you of, of doubt but in in uh, but it does uh, it does provide experience of something that you should pay attention to, yeah. and that is, you know, what happens when you try less, when yeah. you trust the sweepiness, the arcing, the the tautness, the the uh, the flow. Yeah. Yeah, and it gives you an experience, an activity to experience all all of that 
at the same time, um, as opposed to even just saying like, on this next swing, try to have relaxed arms, which I do that, you know, I do that too. But this is just a cool way of like all of these different pieces have to come together to hit a good golf shot. Um, you have a certain mind state, a certain, you know, a certain tension level. You have to have a certain plane of a swing. You have to brush the ground in a certain spot. And this activity just kind of like helps you do all of them at the same time. Yeah. Or else you can't, you know, or else you can't do it. Right. <laughs> like you don't hit, hit a good shot. Um, yeah. And you so don't you can learn. You can make adjustments and figure it out. Yeah. In the blink of an eye. Yeah. Yeah. In the blink of an eye and discover, you know, uh, truly discover control. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause most people, when they do this activity, they don't hit it perfect right away. Right. Like my right. experience, you know, if you line up five balls in a line and you're, they're going to hit them all kind of continuously, it's like maybe one, the first or second will be, decent and then it gets worse and worse and worse as as they go usually they get more you can really see them trying to like speed up on and like try to really hit the ball as opposed to just like letting the club swing back and forth and so you can you see that that's like that's in there somewhere that's in their consciousness somewhere that that's what they they want to do when it comes to a chip shot and so then you can draw that out of them and coach them through a little bit i think the um Taking breaking them down into three into threes and fives. I used to do this with. Um, I started doing it in threes and fives. The first first thing that I did I did it with was um, the bottom of your arc. And what I what I would do is I'd, I'd go into a bunker, and um, I'd draw a line in the sand. And if it was a, a and 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 then I'd line the balls up in in a group of five yeah. on the target side of the line, and the, the object was to uh, to swing and make contact, you know, make contact with the ball, and measure your divot, measure the depth of it, measure where it starts, measure you know uh, sure. where it ends, and um, and we would uh, we would in the beginning do nothing except look at them. But we would, you know, we would be able to say, oh, the first one was, you know, solidly struck, the second one was sculled, the third one was fat, the fourth one was, was this, that, and the other thing. So we had those measurements, and then we'd look at the divots, the footprints of the swing. And we could see relative to the line how deep it was, where the divot started. And, and, and we'd, we'd do the drill over and over again. And you could comment, like, you could you you say well the the first one on a scale of one to five if one is like perfect mm -hmm. and five is like I hit six inches behind the ball and practically whiff the ball yeah. so you go through and you go oh okay well that time I went one three three four one the next time I went two two three four four and then and, and you know and, and on and on and on and like a tic tac toe game, well you could start to run commentary on each one of those things like, like the first time I swung at it I was completely free, the second time I swung at it I misstepped, hmm. the third time I swung at it I was thinking about the the missed ball that I just hit. The fourth time I swung at it, I was back in rhythm. The fifth time I swung at it, I was in complete rhythm and let it go. Mm. You know, and, and when you're, you know, aware of your experiences like that, you know, yeah. I, I think that's the way, that's a great way to open up, sure. uh, you know, that, that sense that you're looking for. Then you start to realize, oh, I'm sabotaging myself. You know, I'm thinking thoughts. I, I started to worry about my backswing on that one, on that last one. Oh, good, good. When did that happen? Right when you swung it away, or at the top of the backswing, and and then they start to report more accurately. And now you can start to see, you can start to reveal their thoughts to themselves, which hitherto have been sort yeah. of there, but not really. Not really conscious mm -hmm. of it, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And those things, yeah, t absolutely. I had a student, adult student, this past week, and I just wanted to mix up our usual uh, things we usually do, and just like played on it 
a course on the simulator, and on the third hole, he hit a he hit an iron shot into the green that was maybe like twenty feet short, and he started like grumbling to himself a little bit and like thinking like, can I see the number? You know, can I see the number? Can I see like what happened? It was like, um, and I just like paused and I was like, that's a good like a good a, a good learning opportunity for you because I'd imagine you know he's like a 10, 10 handicap or so and so um, I'd imagine on the course when that happens you start to try to like fix fix something in your swing when something was like just barely off and he's like yeah like he absolutely knew that that's what happens and like that's how things tend to spiral so I guess like yeah anything that can draw those things out um, the thoughts out that uh, the ways we like sabotage ourselves um, is really value you know more valuable than like technical information right because if, if you're if you're starting to worry you know have doubts and worry in your backswing like it doesn't matter what your technique is um, you're not going to do your best. No, you're not going to do your best. No, you're, and you know, and we we come up with um, f- uh, uh, with handles. You know, how do I handle sure. that when I start doing that? You know, and and that's where uh, you know the real uh, elegance of the game starts to come in because you're you're coming up with creative ways to operate yourself. Yeah. Some people use phrases like "fool yourself," "lie to yourself," and I, I hate that. Mm. Uh, you're not you're not lying to yourself. You may be overcorrecting something in your in your yeah. system. You're like calibrating, you're, cal- you're calibrating yeah. exactly yeah. right. You're not lying to yourself. Sure. You're you're trying. You're recognizing that there are uh, senses senses. Uh, sense awareness that you have that um, sometimes gets skewed. Sure. You know, um, there's a man who walks through our neighborhood, and we call him the crooked man <laughs> because he's tilted over to, you know, one yeah. side of his body and walks with his, you know. Now, um, so does my my brother-in-law. You know, his right shoulder is, you know, is super dropped. Now, why that exists in his posture and, and um, you know, could he become, could he cor- correct that yeah. and become more um, uh, symmetrical? And would that in- improve his comfort and the function of his body? Very possibly. But it starts with, Hey, he feels natural standing and walking that way. To change that, to adjust that, yeah, would would feel wrong. Would feel wrong, yeah. and I'm experiencing it right now. I'm used to walking with my my pelvis or my low back sort of swayed up and back, like you know, if if my if my belly was a bucket of water, I'd be pouring water all over the ground, you know. Well, to change that. To, to activate my lower abs and to change the positioning of my pelvis uh, actually changes my whole uh, way of standing and walking. And, uh, and it's starting to feel really good. But in the beginning, it made me feel like I was just more hunched over. Uh, and, you know, we don't need to go into a detailed explanation, but it felt wrong yeah. to me. And so... Um, you know, so uh, uh, any time um, p- people uh, have to have a, a, a uh, when the, the, the matter or the fix in golf or the fix, the, the learning that needs to take place is a developmental thing. That has to be understood, you know, and I mean how do you how do you lead somebody most people come in and and like uh sean foley was saying listen if somebody's got a bad concept Mm -hmm. like they think the swing is an upward lifting swing through the ball that that's how you get the ball off the ground well that's a bad concept right if i reveal to you by slow motion video instant replay and then by exercise you know where you are actually delivering the 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 slightly downward blow or the level to the ground blow however you want to say it and the ball goes up in the air 
well, you could change yourself in a in a minute. Sure. But if it's if it's a if it's a uh, an old and a habit that won't a habit of movement or a habit of thought that just won't let go, then that's going to you're going to measure that progress in smaller steps. Sure. It's going to go on, and there's going to be up and down in in this. You're going to have struggling days and days of clarity, and um, in order to be optimistic and to persevere, you need you need to appreciate that. Otherwise, yeah. you're just going to feel there's something wrong with you or the system that you're pursuing, mm-hmm. the path that you're pursuing, and become discouraged and quit. Yeah. Um, our next, I think that's a good place to go to our next topic, um, follow-up from last week. Uh, we talked about this, um, but but he, Hebron and other these other people, um, you you made a joke of like, well, my experts agree with me, you know. So yeah, it's easy to, you know, find. I, I guess it's possible to find people that just agree, you know, agree with you. I bet that's the way naturally, uh, you know, are drawn to certain certain people. Um, but but I think that relates to our next question of like what they Hebron says over and over like that the the teaching fixing environments uh, in golf lessons and in other learning environments, just like they don't work plainly. Um, and so he's saying that on one side and then the other side are, I would say all the golf people who are doing the teaching fixing type golf lessons, but who don't really study kind of the brain and how learning learning occurs. Right, so I'm just kind of setting the setting the stage for this. It's not like we have two, uh, you know, two competing groups that are both studying the brain and studying learning and saying, um, and saying that like the, our way is right and your way is wrong. It's kind of like the group that's uh, studying the brain is saying, well, hey, I used to do things your way, but it actually is not as effective as it as it could be. So that's part of why, you know, I think that those people tend to be right um but i just want to hear what you said what you what you think a little bit more about this idea of like it's pretty strong language for you know these people who talk about swinging with freedom and the unconscious mind to just be like this this way of going about it plainly does you know doesn't work um we talked last time about how yes lots there's lots of people in america right maybe we're not actually making things better maybe we're making it worse by our teaching methods um but i I guess i just do you have anything you use the example of a a student who you got you know you had the lines on the screen and one day he finally hit all the lines and he didn't but he didn't hit the ball any better um do you you must have some examples of like times where your student hit the lines and they did get better oh yeah yeah. And so how do you fit, how do you, you know, how does that all fit together for you? And why have you kind of chosen, you know, the route you've chosen? Well, I think, um, you know, I've been, well, the, 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 um, I think the route that I've chosen is that, um, fixes, if you have a fix without understanding, I think in the first place, I think that's what Mike is really talking about. Sure. Fixes without understanding. Like as a for instance, when I when I grew up and, and I I dare say that some of these very same things that were uh considered to be uh teaching tools when I was young still are still are. Um and one was um, if you were um, the fix for uh, a hook was to stand with your feet in a closed stance, or I should say in a slice. Okay. If you yeah. were slicing the ball, stand with your lead foot uh, sticking out closer to the ball than your trail foot. Mm-hmm. And if you were hooking the ball, then reverse that. Sure. Stand in an open stance. Well, there was no understanding to that. So if, if that's all you did and, and that happened, that, that change in posture happened to promote a more backswing and inhibit forward swing so that your forearms rotated uh, 
trail arm over, over lead arm and turned the face of the club more closed, well then, on the one hand, you wouldn't have to say anything more than that. That would be a simple fix, wouldn't it? Yeah. But if instead the brain had a, an insistence to bring the club face into the ball with a certain feeling, and that feeling produced an open face, then changing your stance wouldn't fix you. Yeah. So, uh, and one day, uh, well, the first day you do it, it may be that simply by you know changing the 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 the, the chain or mm -hmm. the uh, the chain of events and and setup uh, in the way you stand and swing at the ball. The first day that you do this, it disrupts your normal thinking so much that your brain forgets about its insistence about the club face. Hmm. And so on this first day, the uh, effect of mm -hmm. having that one tip frees you up. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, you square the club face and hit the ball straight or even draw it miraculously. But without understanding, you're going to go back. Your, your mind yeah. tends to find its way back to yeah. the familiar, familiar uh, imperatives, the familiar preferences. Yeah. And so um, if you don't know, uh, if you don't have the logic uh, that connects what, what sort of fix you made with how it impacts yeah. the club face striking the ball, then it's not going yeah. to work. But understand it. But you've got to really, or that student has to almost. You have to have like a deep level of understanding. Prop. Would you agree? To to be able to do what you're saying, to be able to do what you're saying, and, and like make actually have like the long term change occur. Because I think sometimes, you know, a, a coach could hear what you're saying, and and they could they could um, you know tell the student, okay, you're slicing. Let's close your face, or let's close your stance a little bit. This is going to help get your club path moving inside to out which promotes a draw um and then like you will close the face at the same time and so now the you know rather than the instructor telling them you know shift your feet this way they added an explanation of to why which you know in theory would provide understanding and then when the student starts doing it well you think that they understand it but i i don't know if that's enough true i mean you don't know if it's enough um until you you know, you test yeah. the learning. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, until you 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 know you you put it into. Um, w would it be that that verbal explanation was the best way to go through creating the learning? No, probably it isn't. It's it's better than not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But is there a better way to go through the, 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 the task of understanding how club face and path could produce spin on a golf ball, could produce, you know, initial launch and then curve? Yeah, um, yeah there probably, yes, there is a better way, you know, to take them through experiences of changing path, of creating friction on a ball you know, of spinning the ball. And maybe that ball isn't a golf ball. Maybe it's a, it's a beach ball or maybe it's a balloon. Yeah. And maybe the, it's not a golf club, it's your hand. Or maybe it's a, it's a ping pong paddle or a mm -hmm. tennis racket that you're holding. But some, some experience of what we mean you know, of, of the, the tools that you need to, to, um, to be able to have yeah. to swing a stick and, and create spin is, would be more meaningful than the verbal explanation. Yeah. Yeah, the thing, the thing Hebron says that expert, any, any type of learning that is, like, expert, quote, expert model driven is not supported by any like meaningful learning studies so like trying to swing in a perfect form or like on a certain line like that type of in, in any sport or any type of learning like that doesn't actually help people learn you know learn better um which <laughs> i found really interesting it um, is interesting unless you take 
unless you take, um, you know, some model and internalize it, you know, uh, that's the only, that would be the only meaningful I see, way. like, I see expert model learning as, like, draw, what you're talking about, of like, drawing the lines on the screen and having the student try to swing the club through these certain positions of the swing. Yeah. Um, that they're hitting the line, but I don't think they have any, they don't have any context or any, like, understanding of why or, like, what effect that might have. Um, no, and no. And so, and then it's just, like, so different from their the way they would normally swing it has no meaning to it. Yeah. No, that's true. And I, and, and, uh, you know, I, um, uh, went to, a years ago when, uh, I went to a, uh, golf school, spent five days at a golf school in Grand Cypress down in Florida that taught to, uh, a model, uh, that was a, a composite of 150, tour players golf swings and so what they did was they built a stick figure golfer and they would superimpose it over your body and then every day the lead instructor would take you through the positions the the nine eight or nine positions that you should hit Mm -hmm. and uh this swing was um so so different. I mean, in every one of these tour player swings, the shaft in the end of the club, and if you were looking at it from down the line, which was one of the, the mm-hmm. two key views that, that the, the model would yeah. um, superimpose over you and that you were tasked to match, in every one of those swings, the, the shaft would disappear around the player to the left and be obscured by the body. Well, in my swing, my my swing went um, was thrown was a throw down the line towards the target. Mm-hmm. It didn't do, do what yeah. what the the predominant number of tour players how they were swinging the club, uh, and uh, and I could not. I benefited in no way from trying to match this model. It was the most uh, painful. Um, stuffing of a square peg into a round <laughs> hole that you have ever seen. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, don't you think so, so much of it has to do with the, like, in a golf swing, the forces that you put on the club to get it where, however you swing it, are so uh, unconscious, or like, as Foley puts it, like, the autom- he's like, most movement is automated. And so, like, even if you can do this thing really, like, in slow motion or with a certain training aid, like once you just go back to swinging, you're not going to be able to like replicate that motion. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's a, uh, yes, until you, uh, until you've, you've really boiled it down to a back and forward motion. I don't think that you have, you know, you don't have anything. It's gotta it's gotta be going backward reverse direction sure. and come down. And whether you decide you're gonna start that from, you know, that your club sitting behind the ball or whether you're gonna start from some other place in your backswing, there's gotta be this transition. Otherwise yeah. there's and you know, um you know, I my experience of of changing my own right handed and left handed swing would support I think what Mike is talking about. Sure. Yeah, a couple more things about meaningful learning. He says, he often tells his students, there is no new learning. What you are learning is a mix of prior knowledge with new insights. You're not learning balance, timing, or rhythm. You already use those skills in your daily life, and you're just bringing them to golf. Um, That's a, it's definitely a very positive way to look at things, right? That like you know, you already know how to do all these things. He talks about like, you can maybe you haven't ever swung a golf club before, but you've you've swung something before. You've swung on a swing set. You've swung a you could swing a bar. You could do all sorts of different things. And so, like, can you use those things to draw new motions out of people? That's kind of like the most effective way to get to this this meaningful learning. Um, he says the aim is to avoid telling students what to feel. Uh, quote saying this motion will feel like this or that. 
Uh, he says, feel is too personal. One, one person has no idea of what something may feel like to another person. Just kind of getting at what you were talking about at that school. Um, asking a question with the hope that it will help students relate to what is being shared is a better approach. Um, he says, tell me what, what does this feel like to you? Does it feel like, does it feel like this or that? Uh, give students uh, tools for relating new things to old things. Um, yeah, wonderful. So I thought that's like these are these types of ways are just the best way that people learn, and it's more important to get these things right than to get kind of like the technical information right. Yes, um, which is just such a different, <laughs> like it seems like a backwards way of thinking about it compared to what popular opinion would say. Well, I think you know the um, the it helps it, it the. It, the, it helps that the instructor would know would know what they're what they're looking for. Um, it's just a matter of conveying, right? You know, conveying yeah, the yeah. experience. It's not. It's not like, hey, I don't. You don't need to have any sort of expertise or idea as an instructor. You right. just have to know, you know, how to, um, like, be encouraging of people <laughs> to follow yeah. their own lead. No, 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 no. Yeah. You're you're responsible for, um, for uh, setting up the experience. Yeah. And for asking the questions that have a context that right. make it possible for the student to start to become a real participant in their own learning. Mm. You know, and part yeah. of that is opening them up uh, to um, default ways that they have of being in a learning situation, sure. right? Because. Yeah. Most of them have been in situations where learning is about the expert telling the neophyte, the student, yeah. you know, how, what the right answer is. Yeah, tell them what they're doing wrong. Tell them how to do it differently um, as opposed to, um, you know, having trial and error, having experiences, being proactive about doing, you know, doing things and learning things as opposed to just trying to fix something that's, that's broken. Right. Um, yeah, they say like big picture. Like anytime you see something and you go at it, you go at it trying to like be like, well, that's broken. I need to fix it. Like that, your takeaway is way too far inside. Like we got to fix it. That just immediately is it. One makes them not feel very safe because they feel broken. Yep. Um, and then it's just like raises the. They have it makes them try to do something perfectly correct, which is another thing that's not good either. And then. I'm sure there's like a lot more to it, but just like right off the bat, if that's the way you're going about it, it's not the most effective way for people to learn. To learn it. No, so. it, it, you know, no, it, it clearly hasn't set up, set the mood. <laughs> has it? Sure. No, it, yeah. no, it hasn't. You'd, you'd love for them to, um, you know, to feel powerful. Sure. Uh, that they, that they were the active agent in what was going on. And um, and you you would also uh, like them to know that um, how to maintain it or how to rediscover it or you know how to sure. freshen it up and what to expect, right? If you don't go at something for months and months and months, when you come back, it's probably going to take you, you know, yeah. a little bit of a process to find your way again mm -hmm. right and that there are you know some things that um it's not about concept you yeah. know it's about the knack sure. it's about the knack for you know getting that reach and mm -hmm. and going through the calibrations and expecting to have to do the calibrations yeah you know and 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 um uh and the assurance that that exercise will produce revelation, you know, so that if your experience, like I went out yesterday and I hit balls, you know, in preparation, I'm going to go to Florida tomorrow and I'm going to spend a week down in Florida and I packed my lefties and my righties and, um, and they're down there right now. And I, I decided to go to, uh, to a driving range yesterday and, 
get some licks in. Sure. You know, and uh, uh, so I went to Mount Prospect and um, and I swung, uh, and because my other clubs were gone, I swung the wood, the hickories, and um, and it was a wonder, and and it was you know mostly a lot of sclaffs and a lot of you know funny looking shots, but. Uh, you know, I really felt uh, I could feel certainly by the end of the session that, you know, I was regaining the knack, mm. and I was discovering some new stuff about you know how to deliver with this club. And I'll say, you know, I have to feel, and I'm going to put words on it, like I'm quote unquote staying behind the ball more. Now that has meaning for me. Right now, yeah, yeah. it take me a while to, dis- to describe to you all the aspects <laughs> mm-hmm. of meaning that that has. But mm. suffice it to say that that there's a picture in my mind that's equal to a thousand words. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, it's a really good example. I mean, you can imagine. I was just thinking, like, oh, if you to- if my whatever angle of attack was getting too steep and you just said hey you need to stay behind the ball more that i wouldn't know what to do i wouldn't know what that that means even though like that could in theory be correct you know information that you're giving you know you're giving me but it's like well what does that what does that mean you know, what does that even mean yeah um, yeah it means something to you <laughs> yeah exactly and that's all we can say about it is yeah. well Pete, what does that mean to you well yeah. Well, I feel like my weight stays on my rear foot a little longer. I feel like I'm releasing the club around my the my trail knee. Yeah. I feel like I'm not, you know. But you're not like trying to do all those things. No. Yeah. No. It's that unco- almost like the unconscious movement, and you're just there's a bit of exploration in there. Yeah, and there's a reflection on the yeah. end of it that yeah. permits me to put all these descriptive words on it. Yeah. You know yeah. that that's. <laughs> sure. It. Yeah. No, it's great. I mean, I think that's just back to I think one of my big takeaways from our conversation here today is just like how easy it is to overload students with information and how like more information, even if it's correct information, is just often not helpful. Um, no, so. it, it it really makes you feel good. Maybe as a teacher, I was listening to some. Uh, to a, a training session the other day, and um, I was thinking about myself uh, in days gone by, because I, you know, I, I felt as though I could feel the instructor wanting to assure the student that what they just experienced was was somewhat profound, mm-hmm. right? And it had these meanings to it. And he went on and on and on about describing these things. And I thought, I think, uh, I'm not sure whether the student can appreciate any of that. Yeah. And we just interrupted (laughs) the flow of doing in order for you to, you know, get get all that out on the table. Uh, And... Is do I think that it's that that kind of discourse is is important to maybe help people understand the complexity or the the richness of the experience? Perhaps, yeah, yeah, maybe in some at some points, but also it's, and I I don't think I do this anymore, but I used to notice if I have like set up an activity that the student doesn't know if they're doing it right unless I tell them that it's it's right then like I messed up <laughs> that that's not going to be a helpful uh, or even like we have video you know we have videos now we put the video up on the screen if they don't if the student doesn't know that they're doing it right until they like look at it back at a video playback of the thing that's not that's not that helpful either because they don't have context and they don't know what understand what's going on and where their club is and what they're doing so as they're doing it yeah as they're doing it which is the important the important part and so maybe there i could i definitely could see a case of like of uh you know i think if you're trying to do something new right like doing taking videos of it um maybe starting slow and then going faster and faster with the video just to make sure you're doing whatever it is that you want to do i think is could be really good and kind of be be student a student led 
approach to to using video in a useful way. But if it's kind of like the instructor looking back at something and be like, oh, you got it that time, next time. Oh, no, you didn't. Next time. Oh, you got it. All right. You know, like, that's not, like, it, they, they, I think they almost need to be able to do it kind of by themselves. Um, and and at least that's a starting point. I think so. I, I think I think you're right because all you're you know you all you're doing then is you're you're yes you're playing a game and you're keeping score yeah. for them. Yeah. Did it? Didn't do it? Did no no no? Didn't do it? Didn't yeah. you know? But uh, <laughs> and students are like give the students the benefits. Students are always they're really polite people. You know they'll never they'll never they will rarely tell you that they don't understand something. Yeah, you know? you're right. And I feel like I'm really good. my best skill as a as a teacher is I can notice when someone doesn't understand something. <laughs> I think, but I mean that's often not talked about as an important skill, of a teacher. Oh. But you know what? I, so often it's like, oh yeah, like uh, the ball's going this way because your path is doing this and the face is doing that. Let me show you. This would be a path to a positive path. This would be a negative path. Does that, that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I got it. <laughs> No, they don't. I don't think they have any idea what you just said. Um, yeah, no, I, you know, uh, uh, show me. Yeah. Show me sure. that. Show me that. Show me that. That's the only way. I think it's very respectful to uh, to say to somebody, does that make sense to you? Or, or if I lost you, yeah. you know, uh, is that was that useful or did I just blow your doors off? <laughs> I there? do. I, I, what's a better question? Because I say that I say, does that make sense to you? They always say yes. Maybe, and chances are I'm not <laughs> communicating perfectly. What would well, a better question be? Well, I'm not sure that isn't a good question, Andy. Because making when if you say, does that make sense to you? You know, sense is like a different way to say that is. Does your common sense tell you that that's a logical statement? Okay. Right? Well, yeah. that's different than um, I can sense that. I can sure. sense the rightness of it because I can picture it mm -hmm. or I can feel it. And it, so it has, uh, the, the, it has layers to yeah. it. But what, what you do know is, or what you, if they're too polite and they and they yeah. don't want you to know that they that they're embarrassed about not understanding, they'll lie to you. But let's just assume that they've said yes. Yeah, that sure. makes logic to me. Okay. Yeah. And then you then you say, okay, well, show me show yeah. me how you understand it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's yeah, so maybe I just need a follow up question. Show me how you understand it. Yeah, because. I, I I like the layers the way you're talking about it, but I just th I think no one wants to answer the question like does this does that make sense to you? No one wants to say no to that. You know, it's just a negative. Yeah. Like, what question would would give it like an equal uh, you know an equal response? From is that helpful to you? Was that helpful to you? But the, even that one is hard. Yes. How it, is there a way you could ask it without a yes or no? Maybe not sure. Maybe this will be our homework. Show me. Well, it show could me be, could be a good show, one. Show yeah. me. Show yeah. me how. Show me what that means to yeah, you. That's a good one. Show yeah. me what that means. Yeah. And and um, you know I think that that's that's as good as I can do. Yeah, today I like the show me. Short term. Me. Yeah. No, it's good because because yeah because just like yeah, are you you know are you smart enough to understand this? I yeah, think that's exactly. what they hear. And it's yeah. Like, yeah, I, I get. I'm a golfer. You know, I know I know this. Like because yeah. they want to impress this coach a little bit sure which, um, and they don't want to embarrass the coach by saying yeah. your explanation yeah. <laughs> was so lame right. that right. <laughs> exactly yeah yeah you you go you talk for three minutes straight yeah and then you're like does that make sense of course they're gonna say yes yes yeah leave me alone painful to say no uh after all that so um all right pete let's wrap it up there okay. you're going to you're going to florida yeah i'm going to travels. florida thank you um, You're going to Minnesota. Minnesota, yep. We'll um, we'll pick back up next week. We didn't get to the environment, but we'll leave I'll leave a little teaser for oh, that topic. Um, with the idea being that the environment, uh, Hebron says the environment is like the most important thing in in learning. That you respond to the environment, and like a question being like, you would never learn to shoot a basketball without uh, without a basketball hoop. Ah. And, 
And so why would we, you know, why would you learn golf in a way that there's not, you know, target oriented or in a way, s- similar way like that? Right. Excellent. So, um, we'll talk more about it next time. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Before you get off the golf course today, you could have some moments that will change the course of your life. Thank you.